Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Hey guys, this week we have a bonus episode and it's with goal setting coach, Jackie Carr. Now I am bringing you this extra podcast episode because I am really, really passionate about inspiring you to live a kick-ass life and plowing through all the limiting beliefs and bullshit that is holding so many people back. Since I started this platform and really dug deep into personal development, I have learned so much about myself and how my past and my misconceptions were holding me back and leaving me in this place where I blamed others and didn't take full accountability for myself. So chances are this episode is not going to be what you expect from a goal coach. And I mean that in a good way. My hope is that it leaves you with a different perspective on what this year has in store for you. Jackie Carr is a goal coach, a speaker, and the co-founder of Rock Your Bliss, a yoga and goals movement that is all about inspiring and empowering others to live the life of their dreams. She and her co-founder lead retreats and workshops and trainings all around the globe. We recorded this podcast in mid-January while both of us were taking it slow and easing into the new year without going crazy on New Year's resolutions. In fact, Both of us at the time of this recording had not taken our Christmas tree down and we hadn't set our intentions for this year. So in this episode, we talk about having a toolbox for success when it comes to goals, changing our language around goal setting, what separates people who achieve their goals and those who do not and more. Jackie is a breath of fresh air. So whether you are crushing your goals for 2020, aren't feeling so great about them, or are still easing into 2020, I know that you're going to get a lot out of this episode. So with that, let's dive in. Jackie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be a guest on your show. Yeah. And you know what? This is kind of a last minute interview that we just kind of arranged really quick in the new year. But um, we have a mutual friend, Sam, and she I was telling her how like I'm just kind of like taking January really slow and just kind of getting some systems in place to set myself up for the new year. And she's like, oh my gosh, you have got to connect with Jackie. She is a goal coach, but her Christmas tree is still up and she has not sent any resolutions and was telling me all about you. I'm like, I need to speak to this woman and I need to speak to her very soon. So I'm so excited to chat. Well, I can't believe we got turned around in like literally two and a half days. I'm so impressed with our scheduling. Way to go, us. And amen, sister. I'm looking at Christmas lights right now. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? And actually, so I was going through the emails, getting this organized. I was like, holy shit, my downstairs Christmas tree is still up too. I totally forgot about it because I never go in the basement. So uh, I'm definitely with you. I mean, I just told my partner last night, he and I were talking and I said, I feel like I'm straddling 2019 and 2020. I totally get it's 2020. I'm very aware that we're in the new year. And yet 
my calendar still looks like 2019. I haven't made these huge drastic changes. My body and my bed still feel the same. And Mm -hmm. I'm in no rush. I'm giving myself permission to actually be in that straddle to see what I want to bring forward and what I actually want to then step into 2020 and leave in 2019. And it feels so good. Yeah, for sure. And I love it. That actually just reminds me. So on New Year's, I had my sisters over and my sister was going through Instagram and she said she saw this meme or whatever, where someone had said, like, I'm so excited to meet all these new people that are apparently going to come at 12. Like everyone is like (laughs) hardcore, you know, I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that. And this is going to change everything. And she's just like, wow, like, you're not going to transform overnight. Like the clock doesn't strike 12 and all of a sudden you're this new person in 2020. No. And listen, I used to hope I would be. I remember in my 20s letting that midnight strike and riding that wave of a blank canvas of a new year and being like, okay, I'm brand new. And I would say about six days later, I'd be like, no, I'm not. But I did it every year. And I will say, like your sister said, like, I didn't feel new this year. And I am finally in a place that I'm peaceful with what I'm creating and what hasn't been created. And it's okay. And how nice to not be in this drastic rush to change. Yeah, for sure. I would say the way I feel right now, I just feel excited. I don't feel new. I just, I think it's going to be a great year, but it's like you said, I'm in no rush. Yeah. And I, I love that perspective. Let let yourself be curious, let yourself be excited. And some people might be listening and they're like, I don't feel that yet. And that's okay. If you're coming off a hard year, which 2019 seemed like quite the hurricane, which we learned from Mm -hmm. and you can allow yourself. I had someone just message me this morning that she doesn't really know who she is right now. She's a mom and a sister and a wife and a friend. And she said, I feel like I'm being pulled in a lot of directions and I don't really know what makes me come alive right now. And I said, that's okay. Change is our only constant as humans. So how nice to give yourself permission to even see what you like anymore and allow yourself, you know, that space and grace to explore versus have all the answers right here, right now, January, 2020. Yeah, for sure. And you know what I just realized? We didn't even introduce you. So let's oh, back yeah. our truck up for like five seconds. Give it, who are, like, what do you have going on? Give us your elevator pitch so that people who aren't familiar know what you're all about. Yes. And I often talk to people in elevators, so that works. <laughs> I'm Jackie Carr. I live out here in Colorado. I'm a goal coach. I'm a public speaker. I'm a writer. And I am the co-founder of Rock Your Bliss. I love listening to people literally sift through some of their limiting beliefs and choose new ones so they can step forth and offer their gifts that are so unique to them that none of us can do, only you can do it, and start to set goals around how you're going to offer them. And that's the world I want to live in, and that's the world I want my daughters to grow up in, to know they have choice to offer all their amazing, weird uniqueness. And that's me. Yeah. And I love it. So you, you really help people set goals that work for them and achieve, you know, you're, you're the coach, you help them achieve their dreams. I am the goal coach. They achieve their dreams. I'd say I'm an accountability monster 
in the best way. I think a lot of times the accountability piece is oftentimes what missing or actually it's probably an and I usually don't talk about goals with any of my clients until call three, because usually there's some missing pieces. There's some comparison mode and there's some old storylines we need to flush literally down a toilet or burn in your fireplace to actually set authentic goals. So I think that combination of accountability as well as removing some layers of drama is what I think allows people to then be their own coach and I get to support them in that language. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And that's interesting that you bring up because I've been doing some work myself on limiting beliefs and stories that we've, you're, we're telling ourselves and just the storylines we've been told based on our childhood. And you know, you know, the book, it's like, you're a badass at making money. Do you know what that yeah, one or you're, you're a badass or whatever? Yeah. And so she was saying, what are, you know, what stories do you tell yourself now about money or about goals and life that came from your childhood? And I had no idea. I was like, oh, that's the stupid part. I, I don't have any of that. Right. And then you dig into it and you realize how much your mindset now has been shaped based on your childhood or things your parents told you or, you know, insecurities that you have based on experiences you barely even remember. I know the energy's real. The generational line is real. In my line of work, we call those inherited beliefs. So you are born into a belief system. And yet, just like you read in Jen's book and you checked in with yourself, there is a time where you can ask yourself, do I still want to believe that story? Do I want to continue that line? And it's such a cool place of inquiry and honestly, very uncomfortable. I've gotten very uncomfortable numerous times (laughs) cutting those lines. And yet it's empowering work because I think that is where you remember and actually perhaps when you recognize for the first time that you're not your parents you have your own unique DNA and you can do it your way. Mm -hmm, For sure. And even simply asking yourself, is that true? Like, is this true? Yeah. It's like a simple sentence, but it makes you realize how much shit goes through our heads. That is just not even close to the truth. Oh my God. And we as humans love being right. I love being right. (laughs) And so we can prove things that aren't necessarily true. And yet that's our journey to even be able to feel in our bodies what's a yes and what's a no for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So true. Now, when it comes to like the resolutions, right, just to kind of go back to January and what we're talking about, what do you think the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to setting their resolutions and their intentions for the next year? I really uh, haven't set resolutions in about 10 years. So I would say that would be a mistake. Resolution, the word is really rooted in change. And I think oftentimes most resolutions, unless you're really aware, are set from a judgmental place. The word resolutions, the way it was trained, at least in my brain when I was younger, is like, what's wrong with you and what will you change this year? So Mm -hmm. oftentimes mine was about food, um, fitting into a certain pair of jeans, making a certain amount of money. And it created so much pressure that was from a place of social ideals, inherited beliefs, or where I think I should be at this age. And so 
I love to take an approach in January of grounding in and meeting myself in the moment. Honestly, I've been saying, I'm going to meet January. I'm going to see what she's like. I've made her a woman. I don't know why. I love it. Mm -hmm. And I said, I have a lot of people were in December, even in November, people were asking me, you know, I'm a goal coach. Like, what are your goals for 2020? I said, I don't know yet. I haven't met her yet. And whether that's 2020 the year or whether that's who I am in 2020. And so for me, I do a lot of values work in January. I check in on my core values. I ask myself what matters to me. Have they changed? Are they the same? And I ask myself, what do I want for this year? And a lot of times there are things from 2019 and my whole life that have gone really well. I'd love for some things to stay the same. And what would I like to be different? And those are the types of inquiries I start to ask myself. And then around February 13th, I set value-based goals. Mm-hmm. And when you say value-based goals, can you unpack that for me a little bit? What is that? Oh, yeah. Don't you love like? trigger words? <laughs> I find that knowing my values was a huge aha for me. I love supporting other people as a coach. That's what I do. And yet I also found for a long time, I love to fit in to a company I worked for to a group of women I thought were cool, group of men I thought were cool. And when I chose to fit in, I'm going to cue Brene Brown here, as I often do, I changed myself to fit in. And when I figured out my core values, I then was able to belong to myself versus try to get validation from other people. So my values are family, nature, self-realization and growth, community and connection, and imagination. Those are some of my values right now. And so when I feel the ground, the groundedness that knowing my values provides, I then can set goals that allow those values to come to life or be aligned. So value-based goals, you know, goals being something in the future that you're making a request that you're declaring for yourself with a date on it for accountability. And I love rooting them in what matters to me. So my goals have a clear why. So value-based goals allow the integration and the commitment where my goals used to be set based on how you were living, Jamie. Oh, you're going to Bali. I want to go to Bali. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're living this way. I want to do that. I would set goals based on what other people are doing, which I love being inspired by other people but none of my goals were my own there for a while. Yeah. And it's so easy to get caught up in what you feel like matters or should matter because it's what matters to everyone else when they're so, and, and I think that's kind of something that I've really started to work on this year and started to realize, well, last year is I don't really care what anyone else is doing because it's about how I feel at the end of the day. And so my value or so my goals really started to I guess, kind of be shaped around how I want to feel at the end of the day or how I want to feel at the end of the year. And I think a lot of times this is like, we don't think about how our goals are actually supposed to make us feel. It's Mm -hmm. about how they look to other people. Oh yeah. What's an example of a goal last year that you wrote down that perhaps came to fruition or didn't? And then how did you feel after? Hmm, That's interesting. You know what? I feel like I didn't crush any of my goals last year. 
if I'm really being honest, like fully meet them. But I would say I had some business goals that I met and yeah, they, they did. They came to fruition for sure. Yeah. And how did they make me feel? I don't know. I still feel like I need more. <laughs> like I still feel like I'm on the path. It's not, yeah. it wasn't a checklist. It wasn't That's something great. I could just click off my to-do list. I think this is a huge point, Jamie, that a lot of people want goals to be a to-do list so they're easy or so the achiever in them can feel validated. And I often find if you're not failing some of your goals, your goals aren't big enough. And Mm -hmm. I don't think failure is a bad thing. That's why I asked you, like, if maybe if some of your goals didn't come to fruition, maybe you moved the date, how does it feel? Oftentimes, when I miss a goal, I recognize, oh, cool, there wasn't focus there. Or, oh, wow, I don't want that goal anymore. Or, oh, cool, I wanted to run that half marathon in this time, but I didn't, and I finished, and I'm still happy. And so... I've befriended failure in my goals practice. And it's similar to what you just said, to be able to feel in my body celebration, uh, disappointment, refocus. Do I want to keep the goal and change the date? And I, I think that's where your goal practice becomes so alive is when you allow it to be messy. Yeah, it's a process. I mean, yes, it has to be. Oh my gosh, you know a great book I read this year? Or no, last year. Atomic Habits by James Clear. Have you read it? No. Okay, first of all, add it to your list. It's delicious. I'm just writing it right now. He's great. He's uh, It's a very simplistic read, I would say. But there's a page on there, I believe it's around 32. And he talks about these circles, which at the center is your belief system, what we talked about, how you see yourself. The second circle, like a Target logo, is your habits that get you example, like you just said, the processes that get you to the goal as the third circle is the outcome. And I love that looking at like, what do you think about yourself? What are you doing day to day to move towards a future of your own design? And what is that vision for yourself? And I think that breakdown really works for me. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And you know what? I think you need to also be able to pivot with your goals too, right? Like realize, okay, I thought I wanted this and this actually isn't exactly how I need to make that happen. I think back to, you just made me think about it. Um, last year, I one of my you know goals or resolutions, if you will, was to work out every morning before everyone got up. And I'm a morning person, so I was just gonna add the workout to my morning routine. And it never happened. I never, I always had an excuse. I never made it happen. And it took me about three months of just feeling really shitty about myself or not following through with it to realize, okay, that doesn't work for me. That doesn't mm-hmm. feel right for me. That is not the time of day when maybe this is, you know, the best thing that I should be doing because I can be really focused on my actual work during the morning. So I realized it was just kind of messing with everything. And instead of looking at it as a fail, I've kind of revamped a way to reach that goal, which is how I want it to feel, but it doesn't have to be exactly the way that we think or that, you know, Instagram thinks we should be achieving that goal. Yeah. I think the beauty of that is allowing yourself, like you said, to pivot and check in. And Mm -hmm. here's the deal. 
Oh, I'm so jealous of your morning person-ness, by the way. I just think that looks like such a cool life. I'm not one. I, I, I think maybe in my 50s I will be. But you have young kids, though. I do. I do. Yeah, it's just, so that makes a, a difference. A, yeah, it's a different time right now. For sure, yeah. for sure. There's that grace. And I think we have such this weird negative relationship with failure. Like, like you said, three months went by. It didn't happen. I didn't fail, but I changed it. But what if you did fail? Big deal. You didn't Mm -hmm. want to do it. Let yourself fail forward. When we allow ourselves to fail, that's part of the human experience. The failure is actually where we check in and create a new goal and do something different. I love that. So Mm -hmm. many things in this life I failed because they weren't meant for me. I've done millions of yoga teacher trainings. I don't teach yoga. I I love the knowledge for my own body. And I've tried teaching and I'm like, Oh, right. I'm not a yoga teacher. Cool. That's okay. And it's so neat to then do what's next for you versus pining or trying to make that round peg square hole fit. All right. I'm going to interrupt this podcast episode for a quick second. If you are a stepmom and your New Year's resolution involves improving your stepfamily life or feeling more secure in your role as a stepmom, I highly recommend that you come join the exclusive stepmom community. It is an exclusive private community off social media where you get next level unfiltered stepmom content that I do not share anywhere else. I am talking interviews with lawyers, psychotherapists, relationship and finance experts, tell all podcast episodes with Darren and I, insight from other bloggers and stepmom experts, a private forum where you can be sure that your posts remain as anonymous as you'd like. You can also connect with me in the Ask Jamie section of the forum on a regular basis and get my support when you need it. Now, honestly, guys, all the benefits of the community cannot be shared in the time that I have allotted for this episode interruption. But if you are ready for change, if you are a stepmom who wants to live a kick-ass life amongst the extra stressors that come with this role, go to jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership and sign up. So you talk about having a toolbox for success when it comes to goal setting. What does that mean? Oh gosh. Great question. I am such a tangible person. I do all that weird esoteric stuff too. I had a sound bowl healer here. I love angel cards and I find I need a balance. I need really tactile tools to support me in this, um, goal setting process that can be very aggressive or masculine. I don't mean that in male. I said masculine. (laughs) It is numbers driven. It has a deadline. And I think those tactile tools are purposeful. I have the core values work I do, the belief exploration you just shared. I have a tool called the power of knowing what you want circle from let your leadership. I have circles all over my house, Jamie, on the inside of the circle, you write want on the outside of the circle, you write, don't want it's the most simple thing. And I found so many times in my life, I can get stuck outside the circle clear on what I don't want and haven't asked myself in a while, what do you want? And so this exercise is so cool to start to write down how I want to feel, how I want to wake up, 
what I want in my life. It can be material things like a home or an espresso machine. It can be a half marathon race with friends, a girl's trip. And what's cool then is to see, are there any goals inside the circle? Are there any desires you can speak out loud to your partner, to your friends, to work? And so these types of tools, I think, support the language of goals. And then, of course, I'm a vision board junkie. I think that's tactile. You're literally holding something in your hand. You Mm -hmm. can see a future that you designed with magazine clippings and glue and then a goal format. And I find that whole conversation is very tactile. Those are clear tools to support your life design. And then you can add in Reiki, sound bowls, all those things to support you in that journey. But I need, I really know for myself, I need something to put on paper. Yeah, there is something about pen to paper. I have notes all over everywhere. And it's funny, my stepkids will say like, don't you want to write, like just write it in your phone or why don't you do a voice note or something? No, 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 no. I need it on, I need it on a piece of paper. But I want yeah. to go back for a second. So with the circle, you were saying you write it. There's a circle, things you want, and on the outside, things that you don't want. That sounds like something that you do before you even set your goals, like figuring yes. out what it is that you want in your life and how it is that you want to feel. Oh, my God. Absolutely. It's beautiful because it can be a circle for your life. I use the circle for projects I'm creating. I have a circle of who I want to show up as a mother. So you can really dial it in or keep it pretty big. And I do think it's a place where you get to dream. It gets a little gnarly. Outside the circle is mostly past experiences. And you mm-hmm. can feel you can feel that. And I hope I hope you do. That's the ability to know your no and the ability to feel excited about your yes. And I love the circle as a a pre-goal, even pre-vision space, because it's so simple and it can be so fun. And the kicker, Jamie, is the circle you draw, it's not a semi-circle. There's no hole opening. The circle is actually a boundary to really allow yourself to see what you want and what you don't want and the clear delineation between the two. Oh my gosh. I love this. I'm going to be in bed tonight with blank pieces of paper and circles for sure. I have them every like wallpaper, those big post-it notes, always circles on my wall. I will send you the PDF. We can put it in show notes. So yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. So, you know, that kind of reminds me is something that I did and I'm just going to share this because I think that the listeners, you know, this might be something that they want to do with that exercise. Yeah. A while back, I asked myself like, what feels good in my life right now? And what doesn't feel good? And I think that even simply asking yourself those very simple questions brings out a whole lot of stuff that you don't even realize is going on, right? Like what does not feel good? What do I not want to do anymore? And I think until you even just take a second to stop and ask yourself those questions, it's so easy to just get kind of stuck in that rat race and just keep going and going and doing the things that don't actually feel right. Yeah. The comfort zone is real. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We love control as humans. And so we do the things that don't feel good because we actually know what's going to happen. It serves us in a way of knowing again, that like proof of, Oh, I'm right. Even if it's something we don't like. And 
I love, I, I'm a really big book nerd, so forgive me, but then we'll add some books to the show notes too. I love Living Beautifully with Uncertainty and Change by Pema Chodron. Okay. And she has such cool, the part one is really what y'all are after. She has such cool notes on the comfort zone and why we keep doing the same things, even though they're not good for us because we know what's going to happen. And I find that need or desire for control can be tricky. I think we can control our response to life, but when we start to control life, it gets really tricky to make change happen and to be open to the unknown because it is always changing. We're always changing. I'm in that phase, Jamie, I'm 35 going to 36 in a couple months, or actually when this goes live in a couple days. And it's a big hormonal change. I feel a lot of changes in my mind and body where so much that worked for me in my twenties, like stress, I loved stress. I was a straight hustler, Jamie. And last year I really learned, I can't actually handle that much stress anymore. I literally, my body says no, where it used to thrive on it. And so I've had to really adjust and it's been scary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's living, that's being alive. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to check in with yourself too, because sometimes things that worked for a while do not work anymore. Oh my gosh. You know, the meme I love check yourself before you rack yourself. It's my favorite thing. It's so good. Now, what do you think separates the people who set goals and reach them and those who, who don't, do you think it's the people who do this background work and don't look at goals as just something that you just, you know, do and check off your to-do list or what, what do you think the deal is there? Listen, I'm surrounded by non-goal setters. It's kind of like we attract the balance to challenge to make sure we like it. It's quite fun, actually. And non-goal setters, they might have a totally different approach that works for them. I know when I first started to learn about goals, I was like, no, thanks. I prefer to live spontaneously. That was my that was my answer to all the goal language I was learning when I actually worked at Lululemon. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And that's, I think that style of living is so great for some people. I'm reading Channy Nichols' new book and so many different people are walking around with different star, sun, moon signs. Different things work for different people. I find though, where I feel sometimes disheartened is when I know people want to set goals and they've had a shitty experience. So say, you know, their company set goals for them and it was a really gnarly environment. They were raided. Their money was based on it. That can leave a weird taste in your mouth. Say, um, your parents set all the goals for you. They built your life for you. And are you actually living your life or someone else's? I think goal setting can get so tainted by experience and the ability to see that goal setting is actually a choice we make moment to moment and a language we can try on that fits our lifestyle. I don't set 40 goals a year, Jamie. I set like four, four, Mm -hmm. four goals. And I do that from my values where I used to do it from this section of personal life, health life, career life. And so I think you have to really find your own goal style 
And I think as you ask, like what sets people apart, I would say the accountability is clutch and you have to write it down. I'm not, I can't put in my phone, no voice notes, write it down. I would say to your sweet child, experiment, put a goal and voice note on your phone and put a different goal written on post-it note on your desk. See what happens. I'd be so interested to see what happens. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it needs to be somewhere that you can see it? No, I don't. I think uh, that's totally up to the individual. Maybe they need the reminder of the goals they wrote down. I get a little anal, so I can't have my goals in front of me. I like to check in either monthly, quarterly, or some people do by the moon, which I love. They're new moon checkers. Mm -hmm. And so... For me, if I have them staring at me, some of my goals are really big. They scare me. And I find I get a little grippy. I try to make the goals happen faster when they're staring at me. To-do lists are great for that. Goals, I keep a checkpoint every other month. Yeah. And you know what I really like to do too on my to-do list or actually, I think it was Rachel Hollis. I was listening to one of her videos once and she had said, Instead of doing a to-do list, do a results list. And it's actually crazy how much more I get done off my list when I say results versus to-do because to-do seems like this daunting, you know, list that will, you know, never be achieved. Whereas results is like, what am I going to actually get done? It's crazy just even the mindset around that. Mm, I love it. Oh, right. At the top, how do I want to feel at the end of the day? And, you know, maybe it's like relaxed and just free that day, or maybe it's productive or healthy or toned or energetic or, but each day I'll write at the top of the list, how do I want to feel at the end of the day? And it's crazy even just identifying the feeling that you want on a regular basis, which actually comes back to your big goals too. It just makes a crazy difference in how productive I am. Oh, completely. My business partner, love speaking to intentionality. And I've really learned a lot about that from her. We create an intention with our membership every month and it's great. I love, you should create a custom post-it note list results list. How do you want to feel up top? One, two, three, four, five, however many numbers you want. And that way it's there for everybody to do. Mm-hmm. That's awesome idea. I love it. Tomorrow if needed, I'll buy them. For sure. Okay. The other question that I wanted to ask you is on your website, you talk about personal development is professional development. Can you unpack that for me? Because I love it, but there's part of me that's like, okay, explain. Yeah. Listen, I believe in compartmentalization for survival. (laughs) I, I look at my last year as a mother to two very young children And there were times where I really had to go into work mode to find another part of my identity and to thrive. While sometimes with a crying child all night and a two-year-old, it was survival mode. And yet, I believe when we recognize ourselves as whole people, whole being, our whole selves, our personal, our professional, spiritual, uh, career, health life, when we recognize that they're all part of who we are, I find that when you're working on yourself personally, it will have an immediate ripple into how you show up at work. Oftentimes when you start to ask yourself the important questions, like what matters to me? How do I wanna be spending my time? 
who do I want to be spending my time with? Sometimes it's a get real moment of, holy shit, I spend more time at work than I do with my children right now. Do I like my work? Personal development allows you to show up as a whole person at work, at home, at the gym. And I find that it's all cyclical. I think professional development plays into your personal life. It can go both ways. I learned so much cool stuff professionally that I bring home to Chris or I share with the girls. And I find that we can keep it separate, but we are the whole person. It's in us. So it will show up in all parts of our lives. Yeah, no, I could not agree more. Now, if you had, if someone, you know, maybe hasn't set their goals yet for the year or kind of, you know, maybe they failed, maybe whatever it looks like, uh, or not actually failed, but you get what I'm saying. All of a sudden the resolutions that they set, like you said, six days in, not going so hot. (laughs) What would be the first, if they were to, you know, take one step, the first question that you think they should ask themselves what, cause we've, you know, talked about a lot of different things in this call. What first thing, what should they do? Oh man, I would say, okay, self, you're okay. <laughs> Let's do a take two, a take two, just like in Hollywood with the snap thing, like take seven, take four. You can have as many takes as you want by the, by the way, I did a happy new year celebration once in March. The year was not going as planned. And I literally, had two of my girlfriends in Chicago and we did like a countdown to midnight and started over. You can, if you want. And with that, allowing yourself the space to meet yourself in the moment. And I do that with my values. That would be my first question is, okay, self, what really matters to me? What really matters to me? And who am I? Like if I were to piece myself together in five words, how would I show up for myself, what matters, what's important to me. And when you can ground in that present moment, that's the only place transformation happens is in the present. And I find when I do that is when I pause and ask myself, what matters? Who am I? What do I want? Love it. And you know, I ask yourself that all the time. Like I'm always telling people, check yourself, like check in with yourself and be like, Am I being the type of mom I want to be? Am I being the type of stepmom I want to be? Am I being the type of entrepreneur, wife, friend, all the things? Like, am I showing up the way I want to show up? So it doesn't actually have to be just a New Year's thing or maybe a New Year's in March thing. You can do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. So what do you what do you have going on? I know you do a lot of retreats and I know you do coaching and all of that. So I know there's going to be people who are listening to this who are like, okay, I'm going to need a little bit more of Jackie. Um, cause she is on to something here. So what, what's in the pipeline right now? Okay. I have a gorgeous rock your bliss retreat with my business partner, Mary Beth LaRue coming up March 11th. So that'll be a great way to go to the sun and sand and check in, like literally check out and then check in with yourself. Sometimes we have to go somewhere different. I know I do that often and it matters. Even if I take a moment to go outside today, I have to change it up. So we're going to Sayulita. And then I have some really cool online programs launching. I have one live now. It's a public speaker training. I know all of you just zoned out who are like, oh, not for me. I don't want a microphone. Listen, you're never not public speaking to your Starbucks, to your kids, to yourself. (laughs) 
so this is a course in language and I have that up with three more courses coming out this year on goal setting and legacy design. So those will be coming this year. And, um, I'm always on Instagram. Actually, that's not true because I've created a lot of boundaries. I'm on Instagram often, but weaning off. (laughs) And that might be a goal starting in February of deeper wean. And I would love to connect and hear how some of these conversations around values, the power of knowing what you want circle, setting goals aligned to yourself versus other people and hearing how it shakes out for you in 2020, right on time, no rush. Awesome. Okay, perfect. I'm going to link all of that information in the show notes. We're going to link those books and all the things. So thank you so much, Jackie. This is, you know what, this has made me feel a lot better about kind of where I'm at in January. And I think maybe, maybe I'm going to delay even the goal setting even further to really dive in end of February, maybe. So maybe I'll be doing kind of a similar New Year's <laughs> to, that you did in the March. So thank you so much. Keep me posted. I'd love to hear your goals and support you. Even sharing it with one person and knowing their eyeballs have been on it is a big deal. So send them my way, Jamie. I'd love to read them. For sure. All right. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, chat soon. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast, give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.